0: of course real fans real talk we the illus on court real fans real talk we as real as we thought real fans real talk reporting live from the cam high in demand so please stand by if you can what we got is worth a lot so put a tie in your plans on court talk of sports through the eyes of the fans with trip young Emma marie eric sanchez you heard what i said we elite check the latest
1: It's Johnny Floss,
0: bringing a different type of blend Backing up Misfit to make sure y'all tuned in You gotta watch, this show is one of a kind Updates on your TV screen from 8 to 9 For the older folks so even if you are younger No matter what sport, this show, we got it covered It's filmed live in the middle of BK So ain't no better sports show to watch on Thursday
1: Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome back to another quarantine edition of Real Fans Real Talk Got with me my main man and special happy birthday to my man Trip Young That's right. and I am of course Legend of Two Games. Trip, how you doing on your birthday, my brother?
0: I'm good, man. I can't complain. I'm just, you know, I'm out here, you know, it's a special day so I figured, you know, I get the exclusive joint. A lot of people can't come across these hits. So I've been drinking mimosas uh, all morning and whatnot, um, you know, so I'm just, you know, some light flex on them for the birthday and whatnot. You As know, you cheers. should, you know. You Jeez, got you you to treat love.
1: yourself. You got to treat see. yourself the right way, you know, on, on your birthday, bro. So we, yeah. we hope the rest of your day is, is as smooth as those mimosas. <laughs> All right. Now, we are, it is Sunday, August 9th. As I mentioned, it's your birthday. We're about a week away from the start of the playoffs in the NBA. Uh, Lakers and Milwaukee have already clinched up the top seed on both sides. Um, but both teams have, have been a little shaky lately. Milwaukee lost last night. Um, they were almost blown out by Miami a couple days ago before a big comeback. And with the Lakers, we know they've been resting guys, but Anthony Davis has been a little shaky. Are you concerned in any way, shape, or form as you start to gear up for the playoffs?
0: Um, I'm not, but it's more so because of the LeBron factor. It's not so much about Anthony Davis. Um, I think that LeBron is at the point in his career where he'll have everybody ready to go. Um, I know he's definitely... In talking to Anthony Davis I think they're gearing up I think you know they've been really on some once they once they clinch I think it's more so been about you know what let's let's get a little bit of rest you know what I'm saying like we're not concerned about what these games look like let's get the other cats a little bit of playing time to get them you know what I'm saying just a better feel for things going into the playoffs I think Anthony Davis will be fine um but I do think that he still is going to have to show and prove this is you know this is the year because yeah I don't you know eventually at some point LeBron got to start you know going going backwards, you know what I'm saying as far as being a top player in his league. um so I think that this is the, the as good as a the chance they're going to get um as far as with with LeBron still being at this point in his career, even though I think he still has another a, another two years left at playing at this level, but there's guys that are also playing at this level that are coming for LeBron and they're going to continue to get better. And they're a lot younger than LeBron, the Giannis Kawhi. You know, these guys are a lot younger. I mean, if you look at the way Dane's been playing as of late, these guys are a lot younger uh, than LeBron is. So, you know, he's definitely going to have to show improve, and I think he will because I just don't think there's too many teams that can match up with Anthony Davis. So I think he'll get into a a level of comfort early uh, in in the playoffs, and I think that's going to carry him through. And as they get into the later rounds, LeBron, LeBron is going to go back to being being video game James. And we're going to see, um, you know, why he's a three-time NBA champion, four-time MVP, future first ballot Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I do agree with you that, if you know, once LeBron sw- flips that switch, um, it's, it's a whole different animal that you're dealing with at that point. And we've seen it so many times that it's almost – Uh, it would be foolish to even doubt that he could flip the switch again. My only concern with the Lakers, and I've said it all year, is is their guard play. And I think that's why they've been so um, willing to allow LeBron to get some rest. And they're trying to figure out some of these other lineups because they can't stop anybody on the perimeter. I think that's their biggest flaw. And so we know they're going to get theirs. We know LeBron is almost unstoppable. We know AD is damn near unstoppable. But who's going to be that third guy to step up for them? You know what I'm saying? Is it going to be Deion Waiters, a guy who they kind of signed off the street last minute? Um, Can Danny Green start knocking down threes? I think he had gone three straight games in a bubble without hitting a three. So they need him to be a veteran presence as well there. Um, There are some chinks in the armor, but I do trust and believe in the Lakers way more than I believe in the Bucs. I think the Bucs are being exposed a little bit and nobody really wants to talk about it. I know Giannis sat during the second half of that Brooklyn game but the fact that they give up that many points to a Brooklyn squad that's pretty much playing with nothing but backups yeah. um, is, is disgusting. And then when you look at how Miami almost shot their lights out, if not for for Giannis and those guys going on a big run in the second half of that game, they almost got ran out of that gym. And, and it was, took Jimmy Butler didn't play that game either. Right. And that was without Jimmy Butler or Dragic. Miami yeah. was down two starters, and that game was a very close game into the last minutes when Milwaukee went on a big run to close the game out.
0: Exactly. I was the same thing.
1: Right, and then we saw it again last night. Dallas spread them out, and Dallas could, should have won that game in regulation, but instead ended up winning it in overtime. And I think those are, those are bad habits that we're starting to see develop by the Milwaukee Bucks because we know, come playoff time, you're not facing the second squad guys. You're facing the starters. And Miami's already beat them two out of three this year. I think Boston matches up well with Milwaukee. I've said it before. I think Toronto is really starting to peak at the right time. And I think we're starting to see some of, the, some of the flaws in the Milwaukee Bucks now that we're getting close to the playoffs. They've got to, they've got to figure that thing out. Uh, Giannis has also been getting a lot of ticky-tack fouls lately, too. I've noticed that as well. I don't know if that's just frustration and, and things aren't going the way they normally go for him. Um, but we're seeing him struggle a little bit more than we normally would have seen. And I'm interested to see how that plays out for them. First round of the playoffs, they should be able to beat Orlando or Brooklyn. We know that.
0: Yeah, he Easy.
1: But then it gets it gets interesting in that second round of the playoffs, depending on who they match up with. So we definitely got to keep an eye on that. Uh, speaking of teams that are gearing up for the playoffs, it, it looks like a little rivalry is, is building. We saw the Clippers, uh, who were resting Kawhi yesterday, found a way to beat Portland somehow because Kawhi didn't play. Paul George sat most of the fourth quarter. Pat Bev was out. Montrez Harold didn't play, but their backups got it done and they found a way to win. After the game, there's a little bit of chirping back and forth. And, and I, I want to set the table for the people as well, because during the game, Dame Lillard misses two free throws in the final seconds that would have given Portland, that could have given Portland the lead. And after he misses the second one, Pat Bev points at his wrist, you know, mocking Dame time and they're laughing about it. After the game, Dame Lillard says to a reporter, um, you know, it's all, it's all good. I've eliminated Pat Bev before in the playoffs. I've eliminated Paul George Lashley in the playoffs. So they're feeling good about themselves right now. Which in turn, uh, Paul George responded, But you going home this year? Laugh out loud. And then uh, Dame Litter shot back and said, You out here, uh, you guys out here cheating the grind by by basically forming up together. You guys are chumps. Uh, What are your thoughts on this situation? Because I I thought it was very
0: amusing and entertaining, especially again, since we're talking about two teams that could be facing off in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I love it. The only thing is I don't think we're going to get that matchup in the playoffs just because I don't see Portland getting past the Lakers in the first round and it's pretty much um a wrap as far as them getting into seventh place to play um the Clippers in the first round because I think Dallas is going to wind up being the uh the seventh seed. But I would have loved to see it and and, and I'm actually I'm I'm with Dame on this one. Um I mean, come on, like but Pat Bev, it's like, bro. Like, all right, you you just brought over Giannis. I mean, excuse me, you just brought over Kawhi and Paul George to the team, and you guys haven't won anything yet. Let's be let's be clear, you haven't won anything. And Dame has taken you out before, and not only did he take Paul George out last year, he hit him with a step back three at the buzzer to win the series. And and and, and Paul George is supposed to be one of the top wing defenders in the league, and I'm talking about. It was an embarrassing game winner over Paul George. So you should have a little bit more humility when talking to Dame Dash. You should put a little bit more respect on his name because he definitely hit you with the hee 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 ha stepped back on a three on that one and and won the series on you, bro. Like you got to show improvement. And, and you know, let's be real. What has Paul George really done in the playoffs? He hasn't really shown improvement in the playoffs. He didn't. He didn't play well last year. You want to chalk it up to the injury in OKC, the um, shoulder, whatever it was. He didn't, but he didn't play well. All them years in in in, in, in Indiana, what did he really do in the playoffs? Like, how, did was he in the conference finals? Did he make it to a finals? Was he getting was he getting stopped by LeBron pretty much at every every turn? So he has to do a lot more showing and proving. Dame has been to a Western Conference Finals, you know, recently. You know, what I'm saying, unfortunately. You know, they ran into the roadblock that's Golden, golden State. But you got to put a lot of respect on on, on Dame's name. So I'm, I'm with Dame on this one.
1: Nah, I like it both ways. I mean, um, as you mentioned, quote-unquote, playoff P, uh, PG-13. He recently has not played well in the playoffs. I believe 2014 and 2015, him and LeBron had some really good battles in the East. Um, One time when LeBron was his last season in Miami and then LeBron's first year in Cleveland, they had a really good battle in the playoffs. But um, other than that, he struggled. As you mentioned, he struggled, you know, his his two seasons in, in OKC. He hasn't really shown it yet when the playoffs and when it really matters. Um, and in regards to Pat Bev, I like it from his standpoint because that's the swagger you're supposed to have. You know, if you're the Clippers, their mindset has to be, Bro, we were in the playoffs last year, and we went six games with that Warrior team that everybody knows was a juggernaut. And we didn't have Kawhi Leonard. We didn't have Paul George. We didn't have Marcus Morris. We didn't have, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson. Their team has massively upgraded from last year. So you're supposed to have that, that notch on your shoulder and feel like, look, if you talk talking about the West, you only talking about L.A., and either you're talking about the Lakers or the Clippers. So I like it from their standpoint. But you're right. They've got to put respect on Dame's name. Everybody's got to put respect on Dame's name because aside from that juggernaut in Golden State, aside from LeBron who just went to the West, obviously, and aside from San Antonio, who I don't, they faced off with them early in Dame's career, I don't think there's a team in the West that Dame hasn't knocked off in the playoffs. They knocked off Harden in the Rockets, and that's, that's the series he's talking about with Pat Bev. He's knocked off Westbrook before. Obviously, Paul George is on that team. He's knocked off Utah before. Anybody else in the West, Dame and them have pretty much knocked them off. It's just they can't get over the major hurdles of the bigger teams and the best team that's been in the West for the last five years, which was the Golden State Warriors. But for him to go to the Western Conference Finals last year when they didn't have Nurkic, when it was really him and just uh, CJ balling out, I mean, is is a high accomplishment for a team that was expected to get him out in the first round. And let's not forget, he also eliminated Anthony Davis in the playoffs last year, too. So anybody in the West that Damon's faced that wasn't in Golden State, they knocked them off. Um, You know what I'm saying? They knocked those guys off. And I think this year, I don't know if they will face off. Um, Again, I think you and I are in agreement that we expect the Lakers to beat Portland in a first-round series. Mm -hmm. But I think it still sets the stage Damon, those guys are hot right now. And they're playing with a chip on their shoulder as well. They're they're one of those scary teams that by seed, yes, they're an A seed. But we know by talent, they're actually one of the better teams in the Western Conference now that they're fairly healthy with Nurkic, which, with Collins, with Melo playing the way he's been playing for them. And Gary Trent Jr. has been balling out of control over there um, during, in the bubble. So they're a scary team, man. And I, I think everybody, not just the Clippers, I think everybody needs to put a little more respect on this Portland team.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And if you if you uh, if you if you think about it, you know maybe maybe them having kick last year in the Western Conference Finals, maybe they get to the finals. Who knows? Because we're talking about you know Golden State without Kevin Durant at that point. So maybe they actually do. Somebody after oh, I forget which y'all was watching, but they were talking about it, and they were saying, uh, if if you put Dame in the East, the only player that would that you probably say clearly is better than him is Giannis. And that's it. You might need to take a trip over to the east side. I was talking about some trades um, a couple of weeks ago. But maybe maybe they might have to consider doing the Ben Simmons for Damon Lillard swap. Throw him um, um, in the east, over um, in Philly. With uh, Joel Embiid and Tamias Harris. You might see him in the finals, you know? But yeah. yeah Dave, I, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, I, I think we need to have a serious conversation about where Dame lies within the top five, top ten in the league. Because the location of where he plays um, along with the team that hasn't been in the finals, he gets overlooked, but I I would be hard pressed to, to name five guys that are probably better than him. He is the real deal. And I know Steph Curry is still considered the the better player of the two, but Dame, Dame has kind of closed that gap because Dame is more athletic. Dame has the same range on his three point shot. I think Dame is, is a probably a better defensive player than Steph is as well. Um, so I think he's closed that gap. But you're right. If he played in the East, if he played in a bigger city, played in a bigger market, there would be all this praise for him because we would be looking at a guy who who would probably be in the MVP voting every year, but he plays in a small market. Um, and again, because he's in the West and he's never going to be the top seed in the West. They're never going to win 50 plus games in the West. He gets overlooked by other guys who I think he's better than.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you said, he has eliminated a lot of cats from the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? And this is, you know, I would say with him having somewhat inferior teams. Not that he has bad teams, but in comparison to, to Golden State, I think that Golden State, I mean, clearly Golden State had a better team, they had a better team than everybody. But even, you know, even going up against Houston, because we were still, you know, at that point, that's, you know, James Harden is deep into his prime, MVP caliber. They still had, you know, the White when he was, you know, decent. On that, on you know, on that, on that roster as well, Anthony Davis. You know, what I'm saying he took him out. Was, was we consider a top five player right now? Uh, you know, OKC Russell so Westbrook and Paul George got them out of there, out of there last year. So he has eliminated you know guys that have been on teams that I would say as a whole are better than the Trailblazers. But right now they're looking healthy. Shout out to Gary Trent Jr. Like I said, I think he's shooting almost seventy percent right now um, from from three. He's like 69.9% from three right now. Yeah, he's, he kinda, he's been on fire. He kind of came out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Him and, uh, and TJ Warren, you know, it's like, yo, it, it was sheesh. They out here looking crazy. And that's a good thing for Portland because you got to be able to knock down threes. You know, and going back to the Lakers, the Lakers have struggled in these past couple of games because the guys that are, you know, are the guys that would be making those threes for them aren't making them. Danny Green. Uh, the waiters kind of went up and down. J.R. Smith, you know what I'm saying? He's been average at best, you know? Um, they are definitely missing Avery Bradley on the perimeter. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, the first round, like I said, I think that they'll s- still get past L.A., but Rondo should probably be available for the second round, at least like midway through the second round, coming back from his uh, his hand injury. Um, but, you know, you got you got to knock down those shots, and Portland's got a couple of cats that's been knocking down those shots. Plus, they also have the leading shot blocker in the league, and Hassan Whiteside also uh he's in the top three in rebounds as well. So they got their bigs that can can play defense and, and rebound, and then you got your other big who can score points in uh, in, in Nurkic. Plus, you know Dame and CJ. They're small guards, which troubles me, you know, sometimes depending on who they're playing because they're both 6'3". I think they might even be a little, little, bit, little bit shorter than that. But, you know, when those guys are, are clicking and, and, and shooting the way they've been shooting, they're a tough team to beat. Now, come playoff time, am I going to get a sh- four games out of them where they're shooting lights out threes and they can beat the Lakers? I think there's, a, there's a, a chance that can happen, but I think it's a small chance.
1: I mean, they, they, they've got a chance, as we mentioned, because of that advantage they have in the backcourt. Um, those two guys, even on off nights, could both give you 25-plus a game and make things very interesting in the series. Uh, one of the things that I, that I really – that kind of caught my attention watching them when the, when the bubble first restarted was they were toting this lineup of Nurkic and Whiteside were playing Melo at the three and then the two guards. And immediately the first thing I thought of was they're doing this to prepare for the Lakers because we know the Lakers love to keep Anthony Davis on the court with JaVel McGee. Yeah. And that's a very tough matchup for most teams because Anthony Davis can stretch you out. He can shoot the three. You can play the high pick and roll game with him. And a lot of bigs aren't comfortable playing out that far. And then if you do have a big who will play out that far, You normally don't have a big then who could keep JaVale McGee off the boards. So them tinkering with that lineup lets me know that they're already trying to figure out a way to match up with some of those things. Because, as you mentioned, they're going to have to be unconscious from three and knock that down. But they're also going to have to be able to win the rebound battle because you cannot let the Lakers use all of that size to kill you on the inside, whether it's McGee, whether it's Howard, whether it's Anthony Davis. You gotta, the Lakers are always gonna keep one big man on the floor, and you gotta be able to combat that and win a rebound battle. Again, in a seven game series, I would take the Lakers. Um, right now, I probably would say Lakers in six, but again, I would expect it to be a very entertaining series because I could see Dame really going off and putting the beats on some of those Laker guards because those Laker guards to me are the weakest link of that team. Um, and Anthony Davis got to show it too. Anthony Davis has yet to have that playoff performance that we say, wow, he, he's arrived. And he's yeah. going to get his opportunity now with, with LeBron. So he's got to come every game and show up. He can't do it every now and then. Like I thought yesterday he was terrible in that game. You know, oh, he, he went like he went what? like three for 18 yesterday. Yeah. And again, that's one of the matchups where if you look at the Pacers, the Pacers don't have some bonus. They're toting out a rookie big man and, and Miles Turner. That's all they had out there. Anthony Davis got to go to work. You yeah. got to go – that's the one you got to You gotta be going to work on and saying, Braun, move out the way. Just let me go to work on this dude. And he couldn't do it, and Braun had to carry the load.
0: No, you're yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And against Portland, I think what's going to have to happen is he's going to have to go to work down low and get Nurkic and, and, and Whiteside in foul trouble. I think it'll be a little easier to get Whiteside in foul trouble if they can get a couple of, of switches. But you got get to those, get those guys in foul trouble early. So that you can change the, the the tempo of the game, and and then you know once you once you get those guys out, then it's either you just go to work. LeBron can go to work because it's not going to be anybody because Nurkic is not going to be able to stop either one of those guys in the paint. But Whiteside can definitely give you trouble in the paint. Nurkic is going to help because he's going to clear things out. He's going to make Anthony Davis come outside a little bit too to play defense. Javale J- J- McGee is not going outside the guard. Uh, Nurkic, but Anthony Davis will step up and guard him on outside. Because Nurkic does have a little bit of a, of, of a jump shot, where he can knock down those shots. So you can't just sit in the paint and hope he's going to come in and try to push up or drive on you. You actually have to step out and guard you. So he's going to have to. That's why I say he's going to have to come show and prove, um, which I, which he's fully capable of doing. I mean, we don't we don't look at him as a top five player for nothing. This is the year you show and prove. Um, there's there's pressure on him. But he's fortunate enough that you got LeBron James right there, who's been there, done that, bought the T-shirt several times over. And he's going to help. He's going to make things as easy as possible uh, for Anthony Davis. And, and the rest of those guys He's going to make things easier for them because I don't know if, 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 if I've seen a player who's as smart as LeBron James on the basketball court and just makes that right play all the time. So he's going to get the guys involved when they need to but he's going to need his, his 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 right hand, Anthony Davis, to do what he has to do. And then those guys on the perimeter, once Anthony Davis starts getting doubled and he's getting them little ticky-tack fouls called, you guys got to knock down shots. The Waiters, you got to come in. Now, he's had those games. Where he's come in and he's played and it's like, all right, put a 13, 16 off the bench. He's going to have to give them that consistently. is going to have to be consistent. Can't stress that enough. All of the... Up and down, back and forth style. That's that's out of the window now. Now it's time to step up, show and prove. Let us know why why they why they kept you and then keep running Ingram. This is your time right now. You got to step up and be that third scorer. And that, and that, and that's it.
1: I I agree. He's gonna have to be ready for that physicality. But uh, let's transition over because we also heard uh the finalists announced for the uh, NBA awards this season. Um, for the most part, is what we thought they would be. Um, obviously, rookie of the year, it's looking like it's going to come down between John Morant, uh, Kendrick Nunn, and Zion Williamson. Uh, coach of the year, we got Nick Nurse, we got Billy Donovan, and uh, I can't, who's the third candidate on that? Is that uh, Frank Vogel the third on that one?
0: I think, yeah, on, I
1: think I think Frank is the third on that one. Uh, sixth man of the year is between Montrez, Lou Will, and Dennis Schroeder. I think that's a pretty interesting race. And then, uh, obviously, uh, most improved. Oh, before we get to MVP, most improved player um, is Brandon Ingram, um, Bam Adebayo. I saw a graphic where they had Luka Doncic listed yeah. as most improved player, um, yeah. and he rightfully so came out and said it should be Devonte Graham from uh, Charlotte on there. Devonte Graham made a crazy leap this year. Um, I don't understand how Luca's even considered most improved when he was Rookie of the Year, uh, All Star. Um, he had all those accolades before the season. So, w- what was the next step he was taking? Because he's not in the MVP conversation.
0: And it's not like they're first in the West.
1: Yeah, I, that one didn't make sense to me. Um, if when you're the Rookie of the Year, only way to me that you become the most improved player in the league is if you win MVP the second season.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, what I'm like, where, where you going from there? Right,
1: we already know. We yeah, we already know what you are, and then MVP is pretty much. Two guys. Um it's it's LeBron and Giannis. What are your thoughts on the categories and, and who are you expecting to win some of these awards?
0: Um I would, of course, you know, I would love for LeBron to get the award. Um, but I think if we had completed the season the way we did, I think that LeBron would have ultimately overtaken Giannis. So I think they just had the momentum going into that last quarter of the season and coming off of beating Giannis, and then beating Kawhi in back-to-back. we I think that, you know, they would have kept going after that and he would have got it. Um, I think there's still a chance that LeBron gets MVP. But um, if, if, if he doesn't, um, I think that, you know, obviously Giannis will get the MVP, and I think Anthony Davis gets Defensive Player of the Year. If they give it to LeBron, I think Giannis gets Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so you know, obviously, yeah. My pick. I would love. To, I would love for LeBron to get it. I think he would have got it if the season had continued. But you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna actually. I think they're gonna wind up giving it to Giannis. Um, as far as most improved player goes, I think it's Brandon Ingram hands down. Uh, from from what he did last year, and I mean we saw glimpses of, glimpses of it last year in random games, but nowhere near the level of consistency that we're seeing right now this season from him. Uh, you know. Making an All Star team for for the first time and definitely well deserved. Um, he was playing amazing with you know with uh, Rookie of the Year candidate Zion not being there. He stepped all the way up and really you know marked his territory as being the best player on that team and a in a, a top guy in this league uh, ultimately. So I, I I definitely take him as the, the most improved player as far as six man goes. Can we have a co six man of the year? Just can give it to Montrez and and, and the legend. Lou Williams, because it's hard for me to pick between, you know, either one of those guys this season because they've both done so much, they both mean so much um, to, to the Clippers' winning season, coming off the bench. Both of those guys great energy. Obviously, Lou Williams is the scorer, but Montrezl can score as well. Montrezl is, is the more of the defensive uh, presence on, on the other end of that. So it's like you get your offense with one and your defense with the other. So, I would love to see a split on that. Cold six man in the year. I don't think that's ever been done. Um, but I, I think that maybe this year we should consider that. You know, the Clippers are in the second place. Dennis Schroeder's had a great season. Oklahoma City has been surprising. Um, but, you know, for the most part, they've been together the entire season and it was a blow to great chemistry. They have shot the world, but it's a little bit more 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 spread out with them. Whereas, you know, we know with the Clippers bench. These two guys could be starting, you know, with the with the Clippers. But they're coming off the bench. They give them the energy they need. They give offense, defense, whatever you need, you can get it from Lou Williams or, or Montrezl Harrell. Uh, defensive Player of the Year again, you know, it needs to be Anthony Davis or 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 Giannis. The Pen Rider MVP goals. Rookie of the Year is John Morant. You got to give it to John Morant. I'm sorry, Zion has not done enough. Even had they played the last what 17 games of the season. Zion for me would have had to average 30 and 10 for the remainder of those 17 games in order for me to continue the to, to even consider him for rookie of the year over John Moran. John Ranch held it down all season. Seventeen, almost seven assists this year. Exciting. Um, you know, they were in the playoff race for the for the most part this season, even though I know we saw injuries to 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 Golden State. Dame was out for a while, so he was, you know, so they had the kind of a leg up and now, you know, they're kind of Pretty much, you know what, you know what's better, so to speak, because they're not, they're not, they lost three of their their last four, and they also lost Jaron Jackson Jr. again, which is crazy. Because how do you get injured for the season twice in the same season? I'm just like, damn, man, he can't catch a break this cage. But I do wish him a speedy recovery because I do like that little duo of of Jaron Jackson. They're like a um a more athletic. Stockton and Malone, kind of kind of a combination of guard, big man. So, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the future. But I do think that John Morant will get better. He's only going to get better next season. And those guys, you know, throwing Brandon Clark in there, a little bit more chemistry next season. I can see them getting into an AC, definitely, maybe even seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that combo, too. It reminds me, actually, um, you said Stockton Malone. I was going to say more of a Nash Amari um, just because of the explosiveness. But – um, Jaws the, the rookie of the year to me even if Zion had been able to play those last 17 games of the season I think that would have put him right at about 38 games played which is still less than half the season um, yeah. which to me would be tough to give you the award on um, knowing that John ja Morant played from day one he kept his team in the playoff race from day one um, they kind of exceeded all expectations while he was there whereas Zion was able to come into a situation as you mentioned where Brandon Ingram was kind of carrying the team Zion was able to kind of transition in smoothly as we would like most rookies to do because they had other guys like Ingram, like Redick, like Drew Holiday, who were able to kind of carry it until he was ready to play. So that to me is why Ja wins the rookie of the year. Uh, most improved player to me is either between Ingram or Bam out of bio. Uh, I give it to Bam just because I think his impact is bigger on that team. Um, he was an all-star this year. Uh, he's also on the running for defensive player of the year. And he gives that team a certain attitude um, that helped elevate the Miami Heat to where they are right now. Obviously, we know Jimmy became the star they needed to get them to where they're at. But Bam Adebayo's play is what kind of changed things for them. And I think that also Bam kind of exceeded what we expected from him as a player in general. Throw into the mix, again, they're in playoff contention. So, you know, Brandon Ingram was a high draft pick who we always compared to a similar type of guys, Kevin Durant because of the body type. Bam was a guy who was just expected to be a rim runner similar to Montrez, and he's turned into a full all-star. Yeah.
0: Do you think, do you think and they I, both I think make that, an all-NBA um,
1: team? I'm sorry, say that again?
0: Do you think they both make an all-NBA
1: team? Uh, I, Brandon Ingram is going to be tough for him to make the all-NBA team just because the forward position is, is stacked. Um, Bam is going to get in as a center, and he'll probably get on as on the third All-NBA team because I could see AD being first team. I could see possibly Gobert being second team, and then Bam getting it on the third team. Um, and then, you know, uh, in regards to some of the other stuff, I think Giannis wins MVP. As we talked about, you know, the totality of the season would have helped LeBron a little bit more, but unfortunately we don't get that. So we got to go where we were at when we went to quarantine and shut down the season. And that's what Giannis is the MVP. Um, six man of the year, I, I think it should be a co-co six man because we know what both those guys can do for their team. I think Dennis Schroeder had a great season too as well, though. When you look at that Oklahoma City team and the position he had to take as being that, really their third point guard because Shea Gillis is more of a point guard than an actual shooting guard. Yeah. Um, but him running that second unit and being that veteran presence with that second unit to make them a legitimate playoff contender and playoff team, he should get respect for that as well. But we know the impact that Lou and Montrez have on the game and on that, that organization as a whole. So I think they should split it. Um, for me, head coach of the year is going to be uh, Billy Donovan. That was a team that was expected to tank. And for all the work that Nick Nurse has done in Toronto, Billy Donovan took over a team that was supposed to be quote-unquote rebuilding. They got some veterans. They got Chris Paul. They got Gallinari. They got Adams. They got Schroeder, as I mentioned. But a lot of that team is very young, and he kept them in a the mix, and they've been very competitive. We saw how they played against the Lakers the other night. They won again today. Um, they're going to be a, a pretty scary team come playoff time, and I think Billy Donovan deserves a lot of credit. I've always been a fan of his. I said it before when he worked with very little with that Oklahoma City team after Kevin Durant left. He kept them in a the playoff mix, and he's done it again this year. Um, and what, what other awards we missed there? Uh, defensive player of the year, I, I, I think A.D. gets that.
0: Yeah. I, I
1: like A.D. for that. I thought he was very dominant before the, uh, stoppage in the season. Um, he elevated his game and he he showed a lot of people, even though there were people who doubted that he wanted to play the center position, he took it on. And he, he was basically an enforcer for that Laker team. So I, I think A.D.'s defensive player of the year.
0: Yeah, that's right. I just want to go back to coach of the year. I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, you know, as much as I would like to to give it to Nick Nurse in Toronto just because to lose a superstar and to still be in second place and still look really good. And, I mean, when we had the conversation. Uh, we had uh, Jaleel on a couple of weeks ago. I was even saying um, that if we, if we had the question, if you take away the uh, the Bucks, Lakers, and the Clippers, who do you think? And I was saying, talking about Toronto and, and Boston. That's because of Nick Nurse, that coach, and he's done an amazing job. Um, every, everybody, It seems like everybody has still gotten better, you know what I'm saying, and they're still playing really well together. But when you look at OKC, we're talking about a team that we didn't even think would be in the playoff race, let alone to be in position in, position in, in the playoffs. So, you know, that takes a special kind of a coach. Uh, you know, I, it helps that you have a great leader on the floor in Chris Paul, um, you know, which is kind of crazy because of all the stuff that, you know, people have been saying about Chris Paulman, maybe not being a good teammate or, or a good leader, but look what he's done with a bunch of young cats pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I think Steven Adams is, probably, is the veteran uh, – the veteran leader guy on the court, but he's, he's he's far from an all-star or anything. You know, like, yeah, he's just a solid big man. So when you look at, you know, their situation, not supposed to make the playoffs, and now and, – and they look good. You know, do I think they're going to go deep in the playoffs? No. That's playoff basketball. But during the regular season, um, you know, he, he's definitely had them – in a great position. He's, he's definitely teaching the young guys, got everybody on one accord and they look good for the most part. I just don't think they have a good enough team once the playoffs start to really make any noise. But uh, yeah, I have to go with, um, with Billy Donovan, Donovan, the coach of the year.
1: Yeah. I just, I think too, that um, it's going to be about matchups for them right now. They're sitting at the fifth seed. They would be playing Houston in the first round. Um, again, it, that's a series that could go either way. I think most of us probably like Houston a little bit more because of their three-point shooting. But with the veterans that Oklahoma City has on their team, I could easily see them beating Houston. And then it becomes a matter of, all right, so now are we playing the Lakers or are the Lakers possibly upset in the first round? And then that that opens the door for them. Their their ceiling probably is getting into the second round, as we've mentioned. Um, they're two and a half games out of the third spot. I don't think they're going to be able to catch Denver for the third spot. Um And in doing so, they would have to also leapfrog Houston, who they're a game behind. But I think this is a team that could be very scrappy, who I would not be surprised to at least see in the second round of the playoffs. And again, Shea Gillis could be the wild card for that team because he is the the young star. He hasn't had any big playoff series yet. Uh, He was on that Clipper team last year, but again, that was more of a veteran-laden, scrappy veteran team that lost to the Warriors. But when you got guys like Chris Paul and Galinari and Steven Adams, all guys who've played big playoff games before, it makes it a lot easier for a guy like Shea Gillis to come in and just do his thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big playoff run by Shea Gillis just to remind everybody, like, hey, I was a I was a big time prospect coming out of Kentucky. I was a lottery pick. And there's a reason why I was included in the Paul George trade.
0: Oh no, that's 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 definitely a fact. And I tell you one thing, I could see OKC upsetting Houston because Houston still has not learned. And I don't – you know, I, I got to actually – I got to blame it. I put the blame on Mike D'Antoni because they have not learned. They still are getting stuck in that we're just going to keep jacking up 3 points. When they played Milwaukee, they, they got out of their game, but they had a lot of stints where they just kept shooting the three. They were in the lead and just kept shooting the three, and they were not making them. So, you know, you can't – you go on those kind of stretches where you're not making threes and all you are taking is threes, you can find yourself getting upset by OKC, you know, in, in, in the close series. One of the things, you know, when they, when they lost that um that series to, to, to Golden State when they were up and Chris Paul got hurt, you know, I immediately said if Chris Paul is there, that doesn't happen because he's not letting y'all jack up 33s threes and, and that's all we're doing and we're going to lose that game. No. He's going to control the tempo of the game. He's going to make sure somebody is getting to that basketball. He's going to get to the basket and, 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 and make some moves. But Houston can definitely be upset if if they're not careful with just jacking up threes.
1: Right. And I, I don't even think it would be that big of an upset. I Again, I think those teams are pretty close to each other uh, in regards of talent. So I wouldn't be surprised um, either way there, but, Let's uh let's touch on a little bit more NBA news before we transition. Couple things, obviously, um, unfortunate news that Ben Simmons is done for the season with a dislocated kneecap and getting surgery. Um, you had mentioned it earlier, where you know would they consider a trade for Ben Simmons? Um, there's always been this speculation. Personally, I look at this situation with him going out now as the scapegoat for them. I think had they struggled in the playoffs this year, the, the talks would have gotten louder about who's staying, whether Simmons or Embiid. But now with Simmons out, I don't expect them to even get out of the first round of the playoffs, and I yeah. think we're set up to see them guys play play with each other at least for another year because I don't think either one of them gets traded now.
0: Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. And, and it sucks too because I really wanted to see what they would be able to do um, in the playoffs this year together, you know, especially when it was like, all right, Ben Simmons was already hurt. So he might not have even been able to play anyway in this playoffs had we not had the break. But the fact that it's like, all right, we had the break. He was able to come back healthy. I want to see these two guys play, see exactly what they can do, did they get better. Because sometimes the the progression doesn't necessarily show um, as much in a regular season because you're not focused down on playing one team at a time. And then you can really kind of take off come playoff time you know, guys just start clicking. You get on the street. You get, you, you know, you start heating up. Chemistry is just working perfectly, and then boom, you find yourself in in the finals. And they definitely, you know, if everyone's healthy, they definitely, you know, can make it to the to the to the to the Eastern Conference Finals at least. You know what I'm saying? But they're good enough. You know what I'm saying? You catch you catch a good series, and and, and guys guys start doing what they're supposed to do. And be this hot. He's a hard guy to, to to defend. You know what I'm saying? Most teams don't have an answer for him B. But now we're not going to see that. we got to wait till next season. I do think now we'll see them together another year because it's like, all right, we don't come to the point where now last year you guys couldn't get the job done. This year you come back again, you don't get the job done. Even if you lose in the first round, it's like, all right, well, Ben Simmons was this. So we don't even really know what could have happened. So, you know, I feel bad for him. You know, I definitely wish him a speedy recovery. But I like Ben Simmons. And I think he does have the potential to be a top player in this league, he just has to stay, stay healthy and actually shoot that jump shot.
1: Yeah, I I do feel that we've reached a point. I felt this way after last season. Um, and, and that's a little bit of an exaggeration. I apologize. I felt that way at the start of this season. Because to me, I don't know if it's just a disconnect with Brent Brown. I don't know if it's just a disconnect with or, or stubbornness with these guys and just want to do what they want to do. But when I look at them, I feel like the start of every season, we have the same questions about them. Is Ben Simmons going to be able to shoot a three-point or let alone a jump shot? Mm -hmm. Is Joel Embiid going to come in in shape? And we, for for three straight years now, we had those same questions. And we know that there's a world of potential between those two guys. Like, if those two guys are focused, when we've seen those two guys on their game, you can make the argument that both those guys are top ten players in the league. But Ben Simmons has refused to shoot a three-pointer, let alone a jump shot, to the point where they had to sit him down with a psychiatrist during the break to see what's going on with him mentally. Joel Embiid refuses to come in in shape, which to me leads me to believe either you have just blatant disregard for your head coach or you don't take the profession seriously. Because you would think at this point you would be hungry enough to be like, all right, I'm coming in now and I'm going to dominate the league and I'm going to show everybody why I'm considered one of the, if not the best big man in the game. And, he, and you would think that after losing the way they did in the playoffs last year on that fluky shot by, by Kawhi, there were a lot of people who even wondered, like, man, if that shot doesn't go in, Sixers are probably going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to match up against Milwaukee, and maybe Philly is the team that goes to the finals. You would have thought that would have been a motiva- motivating factor for these guys, and it wasn't. So I, I I can only question if either Brent Brown isn't the guy and he isn't reaching these guys, or these guys just don't take it serious enough. Either way, I think it's personally time to break it up. I think Simmons does deserve the opportunity to to have his own team and run it in a way that's best to his skill set as opposed to everybody saying, hey, you need to shoot more threes because Embiid can dominate on the inside and vice versa. I think Embiid needs a guard who is willing to do all those things that a guard normally does so that he can dominate on the inside. Embiid shouldn't be taking five three-pointers a game because nobody else shoots threes. You know what I'm saying? It's it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think that they need to be – looking at Ben Simmons more of a Magic Johnson kind of a point guard. Magic wasn't out there just jacking up threes either, you know what I'm saying, but he just excelled at what he did. He was a great floor general. He was a great passer. He could rebound. A lot of the things that, that Ben Simmons does, Magic was doing just on an, on an elite level. So I think he, he needs to be kind of working towards that. Let me study Magic's game tapes. Let me see what he was doing out there and then come back because he's a point guard. I don't. When they were talking about putting him at power forward, I was like, nah, I'm not trying to hear that. Don't he's he let him run the floor as the point guard on the team. Let him, or, you know, unless I mean, he could be, I guess, a point forward, but he needs to have the ball in say He doesn't need to be playing power forward. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be another year. I don't think they learn their lessons because again, like you said, if I lose the way Ben, the way Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid lost by a last second shot with Kawhi that humbles in and you. You know, they had the, the the Joel Embiid memes of him crying and whatnot after the game. You would think, you know what I'm saying, like the competitive nature in me, I'm coming back next season and, and we're about to get to it. I'm coming in ready. You're going to see me looking as lean as I ever looked, as cut up as I ever looked. If I'm Ben Simmons, I'm coming back. The world, I can't shoot the three, watch. Watch how I'm doing. I'm going in with that type of mentality coming into the new season, and we didn't see that from them. You know, I, I, honestly – the most consistent has been Tobias Harris on on the team as far as just doing yeah. what, he, what he's supposed to do, it's been has been him. Neither one of those guys have really stepped up to the plate like they're supposed to. So
1: they they yeah, to me they, they didn't come in with, with any type of hunger or mindset or or even a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Um which I, I thought they would. Um Ben playing at the four was more about lineups more than anything, because he was still gonna be the point guard. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? But they, they wanted to play him there and move Horford to the bench so that you could have the extra shooter on the floor, which was supposed to be Shake Milton. But, you know, it, it's similar to what they do in Dallas with Luka because even though Luka's, quote-unquote, the point guard, he's not playing the point guard position yeah. because, yeah, you know I'm He's more of a point forward because they always keep either Hardaway Jr. or Curry or uh, Finney Smith. They always keep another, like, guard on the floor who could stretch the floor and allow Luka to do his thing as well. But I, I do think it's time to break it up, and I, you know, I know people in Philly probably don't want to hear that. But I think you've given it its run, and I think at some point you got to chalk it up and say, "Look, for whatever reason, it's not working." And we all know that whoever you decide to trade, that guy is probably going to be an all-star somewhere else. We know that already. But it at I, some want point, the, I want
0: to see. I want to I would love to see a Ben Simmons Damian Lillard trade. It
1: it would be tough. I'm not gonna lie. It, it would be. It's a trade that makes sense for both sides. But I think if you're Portland, you probably say no. Um, yeah, just Dame because, again, Dame, Dame is the better all-around player. And so it's like, if anything, if I'm going to trade any of my guards, why wouldn't I trade C.J. McCollum? You know what I'm saying? Especially knowing that Gary Trent is developing. They have another young kid in Anthony Simmons who's off their bench right now. You know what I'm saying? So they, they can make yeah. the move. There's rumors that um, I think the Cavaliers have already said they will. And Cavaliers have something like four first-round picks in the next three years. And they already said they're willing to part with at least three of them to try to make the move for Ben, um, along with probably either Colin Sexton or um, Darius Garland. One or the other would probably have to be included. If you're Philly, I don't know if that's enough to move the needle for you, because, again, you're a playoff team already. So a bunch of draft picks, you know, unless unless you're getting me top five picks where I can go and get that other guard right now, do I really want to wait on those guys to develop, you know? Yeah. It's possible, though. I think if you know this year alone, I think the Cavs are going to have a top five pick. So, if, if they were willing to include this year's pick, you know, it, it may
0: yeah. you can entice them.
1: Right? It, it may it may entice you because this year's draft is loaded with guards. Guards specifically, Lamelo Ball.
0: Yeah, so you know, I would so. say whoever's the better shooter out of the two, out of Garland and uh, Sexton, I would say take them. And then you know, if you can get that draft pick and maybe another two even, right? Oh yeah. Years.
1: Yeah, 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 I think it would, it would, it would definitely require. Um, I, I would, I think it would at least require three first round picks. Now they don't have to be th- three picks over the next four years. You might have to space them out a little bit more. Yeah. But I think when you look at Ben Simmons, his versatility, his age, the fact that he's already resigned, you would have to. You're going to have to give up a lot. You know. Exactly. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah, of giving yeah, up yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Speaking of giving up a lot, Draymond Green's going to have to give up a lot to the tune of fifty thousand dollars as he was fined. For what I deemed as harmless comments about Devin Booker, for those that didn't hear the comment, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, man, they need to get Devin Booker out of there. They need to get him in a situation where he's playing for a playoff contender and where he can highlight his skills. This was said after another great game by Devin Booker within the bubble. Book has been amazing. He got them back in a playoff race right now. I don't think they're going to get in, but his play alone has, has put them on the verge of possibly a play-in game. I know you're not a big fan of Draymond Montreux, you, you don't like, you're not too fond of Draymond, but what do you think about him getting fined $50,000 for this comment?
0: I'm not a big fan of Draymond. I mean, the fine is the fine, because I guess if that's if that's the rules, but I agree with what he said a thousand percent. I mean, the world knows that. We all know Devin Booker is not gonna win playing the kids. Um He's been amazing, not even just in the bubble, just in general, his career has been amazing. Remember, you know, the 70 point game, he's been, been great. Um, but he's not going to win. He's not going to win at Phoenix. Phoenix is uh, it's is, 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 is the prison, man. it's a prison. He's not going to win there. He needs to, to get up out of there. Um, you know, honestly, man, I tell you, I would love to see him go to the Knicks. I really would. I would love to see Devin Booker go to the Knicks. You know, if, that, if they can make that happen, great, but he definitely needs to be out of, out of Phoenix because I just think you're already on a losing team, smaller market. You know, there's kind of like no wins in this situation. It's going to be hard for Phoenix to get better because I don't see any big-name free agents in a rush to go out to Phoenix. Um, DeAndre Ayton is solid. Will he ever turn into a superstar? I don't know because he's still young. But I just don't think there's enough. I know, you know, they they drafted Josh Jackson high a couple of years ago. That kind of didn't pan out. Um, so I just I don't see them improving. They haven't been good. Honestly, since Nash and Amari were, we're together. You stated it earlier. They haven't been good since then. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, it's not like they got – I don't think they're going to get a top pick in this draft. I mean, there's always a chance if anything's possible. But they're not going to get a top five pick in this draft, so I don't see them bringing in anybody else that will be able to help in this situation. So, honestly, for them, at this point, you should trade, trade the uh, Devin Booker and try to get a couple of, of, of first-round draft picks for him and maybe a couple other players and, and just try to start building around DeAndre Ayton, who's, who's the younger player and has, you know, years left before you have to re-up on, on his contract. I say go that way, man. Get something while you can because I just, I can't even say that Suns will make the playoffs within the next two to three years with this team. So if that's the case, you might as well send, send Booker out. I know you want to keep him as a superstar, but send him out. Get a couple of pieces that you can kind of build with and move forward with.
1: Yeah, I, I think next year's the year. You you made a great point in regards to free agents going out there. The last named free agent that signed out there was Steve Nash. And even at that time, he wasn't a big time free agent. You know, he yeah. he kind We're of really
0: in right, he,
1: he turned into a big time player there. But at the time it was a good player. He was coming from Dallas. Yeah, he was a good Dallas. player. He wasn't he wasn't the two-time MVP though. Exactly. Um, but the reason I think next year's the year is because I this year. I'm sure Phoenix looks at the situation and says, look, DeAndre Aiton got suspended at one point during the year. We never got a chance to see him and Booker together for a full season. It would have been great to see them and see how they could have gelled together. And ultimately, they're probably going to come up just short of the playoffs, right? Despite all of that. I think next year they play it out to the trade deadline and then decide to make the move. And the reason I highlight next year is because we know the summer of 2021 is the big summer that everyone is gearing up for, where Giannis is supposed to hit the market. And so if you're Phoenix, I think the way you play it is, we'll give you guys a half season, full half season to see if it works. If it cannot work, we're flipping Booker now to a team that's going to be desperate to try to impress Giannis. And when I say that, I'm specifically talking about the New York Knicks. Because if you're the Knicks, you have to do something to impress Giannis to make him even consider coming to New York. No disrespect to Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett. He ain't coming just to play with those guys. No, not so, at So, Right? Right. He ain't going now. If, if the Knicks are fortunate enough to land LaMelo Ball or, or uh, James Wiseman this upcoming draft, maybe that might be a, a rookie that's high profile enough to pique his interest. But ultimately, all those guys are just young, raw pieces to what you're trying to build. Devin Booker is a legitimate all star. Le- he, if he's not the best shooting guard, he, he's top three. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a very short list um, of, of players who might even be better than him. So yeah. he he's a guy that can move the needle and and compete Giannis's interest because now if you put Devin Booker on a team that has Mitchell Robinson that has R.J. Barrett and possibly already has Lamelo, then it's like all right, wait, wait a minute, that might be something now for Giannis to join. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it. right. And if you're Phoenix, I think that's why you wait. You wait. You wait as long as you can, and then you say, all right, who wants him? Make me your best offer now. And whether it's Miami, because Miami's also trying to give up to impress Giannis. um, whether it's the Knicks, you know, it, it could be a number of teams that might – it might be Cleveland who says, hey, look, here goes four first-round picks for the guy. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we need the stud. Here goes four f- first-rounders four, four, four first for him right now. You know, it could be Philly, and Philly says, would you be interested in doing Simmons for Booker straight up? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you're Phoenix, I think you at least give it a half season Can they work together? Because we see DeAndre is is turning into a really good big man. If they can work together, maybe you try to keep it together longer. But if you're not in the playoff mix by trade deadline next year, I think you got to move. No,
0: that's a fact. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Hey, and uh, let's transition over to some baseball before we wrap up today. Um, A week ago, we weren't even sure if we were going to make it to this point with the season, with, with all the positive tests. Uh, Let's call it what it is. Um, You know what I'm saying? But, we're here. Yankees got Mike Stanton going back on the DL. Um, Yankees took a tough loss today, too. You guys lost two out of three to the Rays. The Mets trying to get themselves together after the whole Giannis uh, uh
0: debacle
1: that's going on. Was that an entanglement? Yeah, you know. <laughs> was
0: that an entanglement with the Mets? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, it it might have been an entanglement. And, you know, oh, there was rumors circulating that because they were in Atlanta at the time, there was rumors circulating that he made his way to Magic City and got lost. You know, a lot, so a lot of the speculation. Wings.
0: The wings is, is good, man. You got you got to represent for Magic City, man. They got some good wings. Uh,
1: a, lot, a lot of speculation, a lot, a lot going on. But with that being said, Trip, what are we seeing so far? We're about two full weeks into the season. Um, well, we're about 15 games in at this point. About 15 games in.
0: Yeah.
1: What are you seeing right now? How do you feel about your Yankees, uh, specifically Stanton going down again? He's been a guy who just can't stay healthy from the time the Yankees got him.
0: I man, I said this is. I mean, this. I, think, I still think this is our year. Don't get don't get it wrong. Um, just because when you look at last season, what the Yankees did, we you know we used to stay in being out. We used to guys being out. We missed Didi for for chunks of the year. We miss Aaron Judge, who by the way is is the early MVP favorite right now. We miss Gary Sanchez. So the Yankees, at least I will say, they are deep enough now. And I and again I got to commend the farm system because they are bringing up some really good players that have actually filled in. And not let the pressure one of being Yankee get to them, and two of of, of filling the shoes of, of some top guys in this league. So they've come back and, and they've been really good last season. I expect them to do it again this year. Um, I you know I think the Yankees are in great shape, first place right now. I still like I said I still got them winning the championship if they keep it up. Garrett Cole is, is is so you know thus far this season has been completely worth. <laughs> the, the the money that they paid them, the bag that they gave to him to join the Yankees, he's completely worth it. Um I think he leads them to to World Series this
1: year. I agree too. I think Eric Cole has is been everything as advertised and in some. Um I, I would still put the Yankees up against anybody in a series, regardless of the new playoff format. Um they've again they've cooled off a little bit lately, still in first place. They got us to a really hot start. I think you guys are like five and one, six and one. And then mm-hmm. since then, you've kind of been 500 ever since. Um, but Garrett Cole, again, is, has been the ace that you guys needed. And at this point, I think as long as you guys don't suffer any major injuries in the short term, you, you guys are going to be A-OK moving forward.
0: And I got I to blame, you know, I got to put part of that, these double headers. I think that, you know, a lot of the times, I think if we would have actually played the games when we're supposed to, but because of all the postponements and then the postponement games, wound up turning into double headers. I think that kind of cost the Yankees as well. I think if they were actually just playing the games out regular, I think that you would we would have seen a, a difference in their record as far as the past, like, week, um, week and a half. It's because they had to miss a lot of games, and then it's just like, all right. You know, I do like the seven innings. I will say that. I like the seven innings for doubleheaders. Um, but, you know, I think they'll be great moving forward. I think they're going to continue to – I mean, I don't see anybody taking over in the, in the, um, in the East that's their, that's their division that's that's
1: pretty much it yeah the, the double headers that's an interesting take too because that's something we're gonna have to keep an eye on because right now it's early in the season um I know you know the Mets have played like their first 13 games without a day off um before they finally got a day off and, and then you know it kind of showed because they they look better in this series against the Marlins than they did previously um but The doubleheader is going to be interesting to pay attention to as it goes on because the wear and tear on the players' bodies. We already knew that they were playing a lot of games in a short amount of time, and then you throw in doubleheaders, you Mm -hmm. throw in pitching staff issues. That's going to be something to pay attention to, and that's something we might have to revisit as we get into September to see how guys are wearing down on that. A bit of NFL news too, man, unfortunate news. Um, Giants defensive uh, back DeAndre Baker looks like he is facing more charges from that robbery or – what right now we're going to call as an attempted robbery uh, that took place what was that back in April, yeah. that was right around the drive time. Yep. Um, back in April, he's facing more charges. Antonio Brown suspension is official. Do you think he will be signed trip?:
0: Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Um, he's too good of a wide receiver to sit there's going to be a team that will take a chance on him. There's already teams talking about him. Um, Baltimore, we know Lamar Jackson would love to have him out there. You know, even though, you know, he, with his cousin uh, Marcus Hollywood Brown out there, but the Ravens have spoken about him, which, you know, and I think he'll be great. I think that'll be a huge plus, a push for them going into the playoffs this year. Seattle has talked about, um, you know, bringing him on over there. You know, I don't know why uh, the Seahawks don't like getting um, Russell Wilson wide receivers, but they're <laughs> talking about Antonio Brown. There's a couple of teams that I think, and I think teams will. I think they will go out and get him. He's probably gonna wind up getting the minimum for the season. Um, but I think that we will see Antonio Brown playing for a contender this season. And don't be surprised if he's the reason, or at least you know, part of that reason with a team that could have made it to the, the 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 AFC or NFC championship game or to the Super Bowl. Don't be surprised if he's that that piece that comes in and pushes them over the top. Because if you give Russell Wilson, an all-pro wide receiver, you know, he, 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 I already think Russell Wilson is underrated. But you give him Antonio Brown, I think it's not your problem. You put Antonio Brown, as long as, as long as he's in a good space, he's not causing any kind of problems, you put him in Baltimore. You give, you give Lamar Jackson a legitimate wide receiver. You know, as good as Marcus Brown is, he, he wasn't healthy completely last season. One thing about Antonio Brown, he's 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 pretty good. He's pretty healthy. He stays, He manages to stay healthy. You give him a, a, a team like that, um, if there's another team. True. I, honestly, maybe even San Fran. You throw him in there in San Fran, and, and 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 he'll be a huge help out. Um, you know to um. Oh my goodness. To to, to uh. Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank right now. My man's man, uh, yeah, Garoppolo. You know what I'm saying? he will be a huge boost to Garoppolo. <laughs> They don't have any all-pro receivers out there. You know what I'm saying? I know Tom Brady wouldn't mind having them in, in Tampa either. Just as a little extra added. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Tampa's not happening. Uh, we know that. Bruce Arians is kind of like yeah. he's, he's over the whole Antonio Brown uh, discussion. Seattle, I think, is a fit. Seattle has a strong enough locker room. Um, they've got a strong enough presence in head coach and quarterback where I think they would let Antonio be Antonio without disrupting everything that they got going on. And obviously trading for Jamal Adams is their sign of we're going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if, if New England would actually be interested and, and bringing them back. I know it, it was a very short-term relationship, but now that there's no longer in any investigation, um, it looks like this is all taken care of at this point. And if you're Bill Belichick, I think you would at least be intrigued by the possibility of bringing him in on what's going to probably be an abbreviated season because since he's suspended for eight games, he's not going to be in a facility. You know what I'm saying? Like he he would have limited access to the facility. He wouldn't be, work, he wouldn't be uh, working out with the team. He could work out on his own. He couldn't be a part of practices. So it would almost be like, look, we're bringing you in for eight games. And if you can just be on your best behavior for half a season, you and Cam could probably do some pretty special things here. Yeah. Um, for, for, for half a season. Um, but I, I think Seattle would be the, the best fit in regards to leadership, position of the team, the quarterback. Baltimore to me would be a little tricky because I Harbaugh runs a tight ship, and I don't know if you would want Antonio around his younger cousin. Um, whether good or bad, I just think that you would probably want to just eliminate that from the locker room. Um, and then also you got a, young, a very young quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And I don't think you would want to do anything that would stunt his development. Um, you know, if Antonio comes in and Antonio very demanding and he wants the ball and he wants his way, if you're Lamar Jackson. Now you're caught between a rock and a hard place because you got all these other young guys that you need to feed the ball to. But obviously your team has made this investment in this all pro wide receiver. So a uh, couple spots, but I think Seattle is the best fit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think it would, would be Seattle. I would love to see him on the Ravens. I think it's, it's a very high risk high reward type of
1: situation. Right. It's, it's a high reward if it works, but it's also a very high risk if it doesn't. Remember, that team went 13-3 and three last year. So the only thing they're trying to get to now is a Super Bowl. You know, it's not yep. like they won eight games and now they could win 12. Only thing from 13-3, the next thing is to go to a Super Bowl. So we got we got to see how it plays out. Um, but, man, another great episode of Real Fans, Real Talk, quarantine edition from my man, Tripp Young. I am legend in two games. and We'll see you guys next week.
0: That's, oh, really quick! I gotta say thank you to everybody that showed me uh, some birthday love. Um, definitely appreciate love with you guys, everybody that came out uh, to the to the crib, party with me for a little while, had a little barbecue food with me. I love all of you guys, Eric. I appreciate you, man. We up out of here.
1: No doubt, bro. Enjoy your day.
0: Yes, sir. Smush Parker here, formerly up to the Los Angeles Lakers, and you are now tuned in to Real Fans, Real Talk. Huh? This is How real fans, it? real talk, talk, Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought uh-huh. real fans